What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Overstated MBA podcast. Today, we're actually going to do a little bit of a mailbag podcast that we got from our Facebook group. So it's going to be a lot of fun. As always, please subscribe, like, comment. You can join us, our Facebook group at the Overstated MBA. Come join the discussion. We have a lot of good discussions daily. It's a lot of fun. And again, we appreciate all the support that that everyone gives us. So enjoy. Boys, Brett, Jacob, how are we doing today, fellas? All right, all right. Oh, I like yeah. that little Matthew McConaughey there. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing all right over here in Blighty. How's it going for you, Steve? I don't know. I don't know what you just said. I, 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 I literally, I have no idea what that means. All I know is that your dog got his nuts cut off, and I hope Memphis is okay. Shout out to Memphis. Shout out to Memphis. Oh, he's so depressed, but it's oh. it'll, it'll be fine. He'll get over it. Poor dog, poor dog. So hey, man, we got a we got a cool episode uh, for everybody today. Shout out to I think Jacob was it your idea to do a mailbag, and we actually just kind of did it last minute, and we got a lot of great responses. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of do a round robin here. So I'm gonna start, then Brett, then Jacob, and we're just gonna have some fun with this and, and go through your guys's questions. So you boys ready? Ready. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, all right. Shout out to our homeboy Nathan. He's been on the podcast before. He asked a really good question. I thought so. We're gonna we're gonna lead with that one. So. Where do his Philadelphia 76ers and his Memphis Grizzlies fall in your respective preseason conference rankings? So Brett or Jacob, either one of you guys, if you guys want to jump in, go for it. I think I mentioned it on the last podcast. I have the Sixers as my number one team in the East right now. And the Grizzlies, uh, I think I have around nine or 10 in the West. I'd probably have them ninth behind you know, the usual suspects, the two L.A. teams, <laughs> Denver, Golden State, Portland, Portland. Uh, Phoenix is Phoenix. I have above them this coming season uh, and then uh, Dallas and, and Utah. And I probably have them right after there. So I, I think they're just on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. Yeah, I would uh, I, I would have gone ninth as well. And I'll give Philly second after Milwaukee in the East. Wow. Wow. I actually, I, I like Philly as number one too, Brett. Um, as far as Memphis goes, I think the 10th spot is really good for them. I also think that I, I'm assuming that we're going to get a full season of Zion. I think, I think the Pelicans might, uh, might be just a little bit better than them, but you know, that's why, that's why they play the games. That's why uh, you don't reward paper champions. So, all right, Brett, why don't you hit us with the, uh, with the next question? Shout out to Nathan. <laughs> Shout out to Nathan. Absolutely. I'm just going to go down the list here. I know we're going to jump around a little bit, but we'll keep this in order for now. Uh, this one is from Zachary James. Predict the next player this season to take the leap. The player who goes from good to great, uh, from solid to all-star. What do you guys think about that one? Ooh, Jacob, you want to take that who's one? Gonna, who's going to take the leap? It looks like he's uh, looking for somebody that's like already good, but could really get to like all-star level. Oof. I, I got a name in mind, but I hopefully you don't take it, Jacob. Um, well, because cause my hit, my pick would have been probably Tyler Hero, but I don't think he's going to jump to all-star level. Next well, he, maybe maybe not an actual all-star, but like, uh, yeah, I think that's a good a good answer because he's already good. I mean, we yeah. know that. Yeah, I think he's probably my pick to be honest, Tyler Hero. I don't know if this is too obvious, but I'm going to say Devin Booker. I think the arrival of Chris Paul is really – I don't know how much – I don't know how long Chris Paul is going to be in Phoenix, how, how good he's going to be able to play. But I think for at least this year, I think he's going to make Devin Booker a really, 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 really good player. And I, I think Devin Booker, it's not going to be a question this time. I think he's going to make the all-star team. I think, um, you know, as basketball nerds, we kind of we all know who Devin Booker is. But I think there's a lot of people that necessarily aren't aware of him just because he plays in Phoenix. And, you know, not a lot of primetime games. They're not that good. But I, I think Devin Booker is going to ball out this year. Yeah, I I do too. And for for mine, let me uh let me let me do two quick ones real quick. I've got a whole Ooh, of list course, of guys I think that are going to make a jump. But if we're list. looking in that in that in that range, it was just in my head, you know, always. But if we're just I looking like at it. that kind of that range of good to good to really good or great, I'm gonna one of them's gonna be Devin Booker's teammate, DeAndre Ayton. Ooh, uh, I think I, like it. I think DeAndre Ayton's gonna really benefit from having Chris Paul there. And I think we're going to see him take a massive leap. He improved defensively last season, I think, more than anybody expected. His offense has been steadily improving, his shooting. Uh, he's just got to work on his shot selection a little bit. But he's a guy I could see going from going from good to potential all-star level. And then the other guy is going to be a former teammate of Aiton and Booker, and that's Kelly Oubre on the Warriors. Ooh. With Clay out, you know, he's going to have a big role on that team. And we've seen guys in the past really benefit from being in that system, having Draymond and having Steph 
next to you. So I think it's a really good fit. And I think we could see him as good of a season as he had last year with Phoenix. I think we could see him have a better one with Golden State. I like it. That's a good one. Yeah. That, that's a good Shit. one. That's a good one. Jacob, why don't you hit us with a question, brother? Right. Next question. Shout out to David Savage. What do you expect from James Wiseman, assuming he plays 20 to 25 minutes per game? Hit me with it, Steve. Actually, I don't know. Um, I, I'm kind of, I can't wait for the season to start. It, it all depends on kind of what Golden State team that we're going to get here. I, I, I read a lot of stuff that, you know, this is Steph Curry kind of has to prove himself. Um, well, I don't think that Steph Curry has to prove himself. I, I, I'm really curious to see how Steph does carrying a team, like being that number one guy with no clay. I mean, when was the last time we saw Steph play without clay? I, it, it's, it's been a long time. And I'm also looking forward to a bounce back year from, from Draymond Green. So, I, I don't know, man. I mean, he's going to be a typical rookie, but this isn't like, you know, a typical NBA season. You know, who knows what's going to happen. There's obviously going to be no fans and things like that. I think he'll be pretty solid. I, I mean, I, that's kind of a generic answer, but Brett, I'll, I'll let you kind of, kind of finish <laughs> yeah. that. I mean, I, all right. So he's saying 20 to 25 minutes a game. Let's say he plays 25 minutes a game, which I think is a pretty reasonable expectation. I'm going to say 12 and nine. Ooh, I was oh, going to say points, nine okay. rebounds a game, like something in there. Like he, there's only so many points to go around on that team, even with Clay out. Like I don't think he's going to score a ton of points. And I mean, he's he's a good rebounder. I'm not sure if he's quite an elite rebounder, at least not yet at the NBA level. But I could see him pulling down nine boards a game in that system. Yeah, L- let yeah, me 12 ask twelve and nine, eleven L- and nine, twelve and nine, something L- like that. Let me ask you to this: Rookie of the Year? No, no. No, I don't. I don't think so. We're. I think we have that question in here somewhere. We're gonna get to that one, but I don't. I don't. I don't have James Wiseman as my rookie of the year. So yeah, I was. I was rule it out. Yeah. I was gonna go twelve and eight. So almost yeah, yeah, back. we're in this. We're in the same range. I could see that. I think yeah, eleven and nine, twelve and eight, something like that. Maybe like one three point attempt. Maybe half a three point attempt per game. Oh, you analyst. Maybe maybe, maybe a couple blocks. Maybe a couple blocks. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I'll, I'll, he, I'll should, he should have a nice season, but I don't think it's going to be I, spectacular. Maybe a couple fouls too. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, all right. I, I, I kind of jumped around a little bit here. So this is one is from Riley McDonald. So shout out to Riley. I hope I said that last name right. I'm right. McDonald. Yeah, that's got to be right. I'm not that dumb. Okay. Who are the top two teams poised to not live up to the hype? And why are they Denver and Atlanta? Oh, Oof. not live up to the hype. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's like how much hype is there? For, those are pretty good choices if we're talking about. There's definitely some hype around Denver after um, you know going to the the conference finals and then Atlanta with all the moves they've made. Uh, those are pretty good choices. If I was going to throw one more out there, it would be look. I think the Nets for obvious reasons. Like there's a lot of hype for obvious reasons, and I think there's a lot of reasons why they could fall short of that. Maybe if you know if, if Durant's not at full strength, or if there's chemistry issues, or you go down the list with the Nets. So I would say they'd be my other Eastern Conference team um, that might not live up to the hype. And then maybe the Lakers in the West, just because I don't think they improved quite as much as people think with their acquisitions. I think the fit could be a little questionable with Harrell. I think their defense took a big hit. So I'm not convinced that the Lakers are going to be any better than they were last season. If anything, I would lean toward them being a little bit worse. So I guess that would probably qualify as, as falling short of the hype as well. Yeah, I would Jacob, have, what do you think, Jacob? I, I would have said the Nets as well. I think the Nets are really poised kind of from the structure of their franchise to do kind of what the Clippers did this year and just kind of implode. We got a very similar situation. You got these two megastars coming into a team that have achieved stuff. Like it's not like the Lakers where they completely redid the team. So no one has egos anymore. Like they're coming in, you know, Jarrett Allen, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie. These guys did get to the playoffs and they'll probably feel some type of way if like Kyrie and Durant are, you know, treated very differently to them when they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting for them in the regular season. I could see that imploding in Brooklyn, even though there is a lot of upside there. And I do think Denver probably in the West because I don't think Denver were one of the four best teams last year in the West, even though they did win series, you know, it's a series. It's some, sometimes the worst team wins a series. They were outscored by Utah in the first round. I think they probably weren't as good as the Clippers but they won both series. I don't think they were one of the four best, and I could see them falling to like the fifth or sixth seed next year. 
I think that's probably a disappointment. Can I change? Can I change mine from Brooklyn to Miami? You, of course you can. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to change it from Brooklyn to Miami. Like I think just because Miami made the final, so like there's bound to be quite a bit of hype surrounding that team. Um, and as I've said on previous podcasts, I I, I think they actually got a little bit worse. Uh, you know, based on their moves in free agency, I think they're really going to miss uh, Jay Crowder and to a lesser degree Derek Jones and. Uh, Goran Dragic is is a year older. Jimmy Butler is a year older. I don't see them going back to the finals. Probably even not even the conference finals. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Miami from the East. Ooh, I like that. I'm gonna go. Actually, you stole mine, Brett. So that's okay. I, I I'm oh, saying, I'm sorry. No, stop it. Stop. I, I'm saying <laughs> Miami too because I just think that you know again people are gonna think that like we're hating on Miami. We're not hating on Miami. Everyone had to play in the bubble, but I do think in the East at least the bubble benefited Miami more than any other team. Um, I think that mentally they were tougher than every team. And yeah, that matters. But I think this year, I, I think I just, I see them as, you know, fifth seed, something, something along those lines and a dark yeah. horse for you. I'm not, I, I don't think they will, but I just kind of want to mix it up a little bit. A dark horse is Portland. Not because mm-hmm. I, th- God damn it. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. It, it's just because everybody, you listen to every media pundit, everybody is saying, Portland won the offseason, Portland, Portland, Portland. And there's right, there's always that team that we always crown like, oh, they won the offseason and they're just not as good. Now, I'm not hating on Portland, Brett. I, I'm no, not I, hating I, on I understand. I, I, I understand. Like, as, a, as a fan of the Blazers, like the hype does make me a little uncomfortable. I mean, they had a great offseason, but it's like right. it was it was more like subtle moves, kind of. I mean, you know, Robert Covington, Derek Jones, just really nice, solid moves. Like it, I don't know. It's not like they've got a, a superstar. So the hype makes me a little uncomfortable, but I, I do remain confident. And, and just and just like one more thing on that, just you know, listening to kind of Jacob on the last podcast talk about like CJ McCollum and all that. Like I'm just, I don't know. Like I, I don't necessarily think they will, but like I wouldn't be, I would not be surprised if it happened. Uh, that's fair. It, let me see here. Um, I'm up next, right? Yes, sir. Let's go. Uh, let's go back here to Nick Smith. Top five MVP nods, and why is Dame? The clear dark horse. Ooh, I like that. Dame is a dark horse MVP candidate. Um, well, you guys go first on this one. Top five M- MVP uh, choices. Do you want to go first, Steve, or do you want me to take the jump? Oh, well, I mean, I think that it, it, the first one is going to be Luca. I, I think that yeah. he's he's the clear front runner, and then I think the rest it's the usual suspects, right? You're going to have Harden there, LeBron, Giannis, Dame, maybe Durant sneaks in there. But I think it's just going to be the usual suspects, right? I mean, is that what you think, Jacob? Like, you, the top five is usually pretty much the same, right? The problem is a lot of the best options are on teams with another good option, like KD has Kyrie, which kind of, like, it shouldn't, but it does kind of, from voters, it kind of eliminates. Same with, like, LeBron and AD, it kind of eliminates. I don't think Giannis is going to get there. Even if he does what he did again last year, I don't think they're going to select him just because of narrative. I think it is Luka. I think Jokic is another good option i think maybe if ad takes the jump i think ad's in there i think dame has got if the port if the trailblazers get like a top four seed and dame averages like 30 points five rebounds and like eight assists i think he'll be in there but i think i think it's lucas if the dallas dallas mavericks are as good as they were last year but get a higher seed i think it's lucas to lose to be honest Hmm. Yeah, I think Luca's definitely he's definitely in my top three, uh, maybe even top two. I would, I would, I mean, I think I don't think there's any reason to rule out Giannis. Uh, I mean, Ooh, I don't know, man. You know, he, repeat. Ooh. It, it's unlikely, but I mean, what if he has a better season than he did last year, and the Bucks are the number one seed again? Then it's like, mm, I mean, I, so I, th- I think he has to be in there. You know, he's the reigning MVP, and then yeah, Luca. Uh, I like Dame. I'd probably have him like third because I do expect the Blazers to be like a top four, maybe five C. Like they could be a 50 win equivalent team. And if he has the kind of year that he had last season on a much better team, he's right there. And I like the Durant one too. Like, yeah, if Kyrie's healthy all year, like it's, it's super unlikely, especially considering, you know, Durant's coming off the injury. But like if Durant is you know, even 90% of what he was pre-injury and say Kyrie misses some time and Durant is kind of like their clear-cut best player on the year. He's like a dark horse, but I, it's probably unlikely, probably not in the top five. How about Ben Simmons as like, say Ooh. like a, as like a, as a dark horse, as like a number five, maybe uh, just because what if Philly is the best team in the East? What if he is clearly their best player? What if he takes it to the next level? Like I wouldn't put money on it or anything, but um, I think he's a dark horse candidate. That would be my, 
my kind of sleeper pick. But I, was I just, like the Dame. I was just yeah. going to ask you, Ben Simmons with Philly or with Houston? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that Philly, Philly. I don't know. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody on Houston's winning MVP, I don't think, this year, man. Like, I don't think they're going to be good enough. Like, oh, even yeah. if Harden and Russ are still there, I don't, and Harden averages 40, I don't think it's going to be enough because I think they'll be like an eight seed at best. Is it me? Right. It's you, brother. Right. Shout out to, uh, let me hope I get his name right, Uzan Nadine. Which team has the brighter future, the Hawks or the Suns? What do you think, Brett? Ah, I got to go with the Suns. Yeah, I, I got to go with the Suns. It's t- the only, and the Hawks do have a bright future for sure, but there's just so many questions with the with the Hawks and kind of what direction they're going to go in terms of their their roster and the roles on that team. So I think just sort of the uncertainty around the Hawks gives Phoenix the edge on that one for me. I mean, I know Chris Paul is a little bit older, but you've still got Bridges. Uh, Booker and, and Aiton, and not to mention Cam Johnson, and we'll see what what the kid they drafted, Jalen Smith, looks like. But yeah, I think Phoenix has as bright a future as just about any team in the league right now. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I am actually going to say Atlanta only because of the Chris Paul factor with Phoenix. I don't know how long Chris Paul plays for Phoenix. Like I said, uh, like I said to one of the earlier questions, I, maybe it's a year, maybe it's two years before he gets traded. I think with Atlanta, you have Trey. He's getting ready to kind of kind of take off a little bit here, and with all the moves that they made with Gallinari, with with uh, Bogdan, I, and I also I, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. I think they're kind of set up here for a major trade. I don't know what kind of trade that is, but if you kind of look at the signings that they did, they also have the the John Collins situation on their team. I, I think they're primed to kind of do something here. But again, all those guys that mm-hmm. they just signed are kind of are they're all they're not kind of they're all locked in for for multiple years. I just. I think Atlanta is going to be a little bit better. And again, Phoenix could obviously, I think Phoenix is right there, Brett. I, I think it all depends uh, on Devin Booker, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Atlanta. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's tough because you have Trey who is probably the best offensive player out of the bunch. So I don't think Booker's that far behind, but then I do think Aiton has more potential than any other player on both teams combined. So that's kind of, and if he reaches his potential, it kind of makes a lot of the moves Atlanta made this year unimportant. But at the same time, you're right, Steve, that Atlanta has a lot of pieces to make a big splash. That Gallo contract is very tradable. If you start to think actually John Collins or DeAndre Hunter are the answer at the four position or, you know, Gallo's expendable, that's easy to move and you could, you know, package that to get a better player back. It, I think it depends. If the Hawks do make some moves, I think there's a big chance there. But I do think they're hamstrung by the fact that Trey is probably always going to be one of the worst defenders in the league for his whole career. And you have to build around that. Well, at least Booker might not be the worst defender in the league for a long time. So I would probably lean the Suns. And then you've got guys like Michael Bridges, who, you know, we've seen what he can be on defense. So that that's a huge plus for them. That was a good one. Um, let me see here. I'm up I next, it, I right? Think I think it's my turn. We're going to go with Tristan. I, I hope I say your your last name right, Tristan. Cordelia? Cordelia? Well, that's what we're going to go with. Um, presuming the Lakers and Clippers rest their stars too often for either team to be the one seed in the West, which other team is most likely to get this spot, Jacob? That's a really tough one. I'm going to go with Portland, I think, actually. Whoa! I think right. Portland. I think assuming health, I think they have enough balance now in the roster to get the one seed. I don't think they really have more than second round in them, to be honest. But I think the one seed's an option. I think it's it's on the table for them more than any other team out of the rest of them. I'll go Denver. That was the one I was choosing was between. Yeah, no, it would have been between between Denver and Portland for me. But I'm, yeah, I'll go Denver. You got Denver too, Steve. Yeah, and I think I think it's actually realistic too. I, I think when you look yeah. at specifically the Lakers roster, you look at the the people that they signed. I mean, it's clear clear that they're you know they're going to rest LeBron to start the season. I think they're going to rest AD a little bit more than we expect as well, uh, just because of this condensed season that we're going to have here. So I, I can easily see. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if Denver is the one seed. I, I really wouldn't. And who knows with the Clippers? I mean, they're they're just the Clippers. Who who knows? Yeah, Denver, I think they could be a really good regular season team. You know, they're young, relatively young, you know, at least in terms of like, especially Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Uh, So I think they could really ride those guys through the regular season and, of course, Jokic. So 
uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And I think there is a good chance that the Lakers and Clippers just rest the shit out of their stars, uh, especially <laughs> in this this shortened season. So let's see here. Good question, um, Tristan. Good question. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, okay, I'll go with Jordan's here. It's kind of a three parter, and one of the three parts is making fun of me for him, liking Brett. a bunch I of teams. That one for you, Brett. I was going to do that one. I'm like, no, I know Brett's going to ask this one. How many teams do I consider us or can I consider us quote us at the same time? Is there a limit? Yeah. The, really the only teams that I say us or we is uh, Boston and Portland. And I'm trying to be better about not saying we or us, <laughs> but I do let it slip out sometimes. And those are the only, <laughs> those are the only ones that, that I would, that I, re- I think I really consider like my home teams. And then what, let's see the first one, which former NBA player could you beat one-on-one right now? Well, I think the obvious answer to that one, I'll just go right now, is like old guys, right? Like we, you know, I think we could probably beat guys who played in the '60s in one-on-one. <laughs> um, but if we're talking about somebody who's kind of recent, I'm going to say Eric Snow, Ooh. because Ooh. because when I when I used to play basketball and I was kind of like a delusional kid in my late teens, early twenties, I remember distinctly saying that many times I could beat Eric Snow in one-on-one. Right now, <laughs> looking back, I know I couldn't have. But at the time, I genuinely thought I could. And I remember saying that to my friends so many times. Like, he was always the guy, like, when I watch him play, like, I could beat that guy, right? Like, he just, he he was so slow and so ordinary. And, I mean, now looking back, he would have killed me. But I'll say, I'll say Eric Snow, because I used to say that back in the day. (laughs) What do do you guys think? What do you, what do you, what do you think for like a, uh, or no, here's a, this is a better one for you guys. This was the third part of his question. What football players would make the best NBA players? That's football, Jacob, not this, the, yeah, real, the real football, Jacob. Come on, Jacob. American the football. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're talking the one they throw an egg with their hands in. <laughs> that one. Yeah, that one. That one. Which, which, which guys? I don't follow it at all. Like, which guys do you think would make the the best NBA players that I are would, in the league now? I would definitely go with. I think Cam Newton would be really good. And there's a lot of these, a lot of the tight ends in the NFL. They they also play basketball as well. So you have like someone like Jimmy Graham played basketball. Remember all. Uh, you Brett, you might remember Julius Peppers was uh, played basketball at North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yep, like he, yeah. he Tony he, Tony Gonzalez too. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Like I, would, I would be looking. And, yep, I would be looking at players like that as well as a, you know, not to toot my own horn, but Devonte Adams. You know, best wide receiver in football. Jacob, you know, he's part of the <laughs> Packers. That, you that know we, it. You know we, it. We own the team, dude. He he can ball. So like a lot of got to look at the skill positions. Like they they they'd mm-hmm. all be really 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 really. Yeah, I would. I would assume it would take like you know someone in the DeAndre Hopkins kind of mold, someone like that, like a Devonte Adams, like the wide receivers, like you say, a tight end who's particularly athletic, or a um, a DB, some of like that. I think, but we're still talking unless they're like a big guy. They're still playing like point guard in the NBA, and yeah, then then still they have the skills. I don't know because. You hear about some random shit about some of these guys can actually really ball, but it's can they do it at a top, top level? I'd have to go with the athleticism over anything else. Yeah, and, and just for the record, I want to defend Brett. Brett, I've defended you about that we and us stuff before, man. You're just an NBA fan. People just have to accept it, man. You you generally are one of the few guys yeah. that I know that you generally like the NBA and you root for every single team. Yeah, player. I like I like all the teams. I really do. I like every single team in the NBA. There's no team I hate. Like it just it's I just I'm not like that. I like every team. I like some more than others, but when it comes to we and us, it really is just those two. So they're there. I guess that would mean they're they're my top tier of teams, you know. I like it. I like it. All right, Jacob. <laughs> you're question, up, you're, up, you're up, Jacob. I'm up shit. I didn't I haven't even for one oh do the Knicks make it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year, or are they still a year away? <laughs> I think they're about a year away. They don't know I mean, me. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was Freddie Luong. That was a poor Shout out Freddie Luong. Shout out Freddie. Uh, yeah, I think they're probably a year away. <laughs> <laughs> or, or 10. Or 20. Did you want to keep going, Jacob? No. you want to ask a real one? Um, can you predict what the next five years look like for LeBron? Shout out, oh no, that's Freddie again. Do you want it? You know what? That that's the real question. The first one was just a joke. Shout out, Freddie. We'll take that one. Um, the next I, five years. Do you want to go think, take it, Steve? Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of what we're going to see this year. I think he's going to rest a lot. I mean, he already won 
You know, he won a title in Miami, won a title in Cleveland, won a title with the Lakers. I can just kind of see him, you know, resting during the regular season and just kind of, you know, turning it on in the playoffs. You know, as a as a basketball fan, I, I hope he never loses it, but you know, eventually Father Time is going to win. So I just I just can see him kind of maintaining his body. Um, not to scare Lakers fans, um, I'm sure it's going to happen, but Anthony Davis has not resigned, so I'm just. You know, don't want to scare you guys a little bit, but um, yeah, that that's that's that, that's what I see. I I just kind of see him getting through the regular season and then the playoffs, just turning it on like he always does. I remember in like I don't even know when it was. It, I guess it would have been like 2014, maybe like when he was 30, saying that this is probably as you know as good as he's going to be. Like it's gonna he's going to start to slowly decline now, and obviously um, that didn't happen. He was <laughs> still playing at an MVP level six years later. I'm going to, so based on that and everything I've seen, like, I'm going to say, like, he doesn't really fall off. Like, say, let's assume he plays five more years until he's um, 41. I I think even at, like, in his early 40s, he's still an all star level player, like 22 points, eight assists. Like, I think he's still, I don't think he really falls off. I think maybe his minutes go down, but I bet you his per minute production stays pretty close to the same. I just don't see the guy falling off barring a major injury, of course. So I think if he does play another five years, I don't think we're ever going to see some like sad version of LeBron or even like a non all-star version of LeBron. Like he's so good still. If he's this good at 36, like who's to say he can't be this good at 40 with how much he devotes, you know, financially and in time wise and effort wise to maintaining his body. And um, I'm never going to expect a decline from LeBron again. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've, I've done some kind of research because I've, been looking at like right who are the best players at different ages and you know when were they the best players I think it's fair I think LeBron probably has assuming that you know he stays being this unprecedented physical machine he's been his whole career I think it's fair to say he's got a good shot of being the best player in the league when he's 38 I think that's actually like totally really and on the table assuming no injuries and he takes care of his body like he has been yeah I think by 40 he's still an all-star level player like you say probably on reduced minutes and holding a lot of it for the playoffs and even then you know it's picking his spots like he was this year but I do think but I would be more surprised if at 40 he wasn't an all-star level player than if he Mm -hmm. was that's same same and I think yeah I think just like looking at historical comparisons like I just don't I don't feel like these rules apply to LeBron where it's like okay nobody is at that level past 38 ever in history but it's like well LeBron's gonna be the first yeah I actually actually think you know we should I think that LeBron actually I think a better question where what team is LeBron on in five years that's 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 a pretty good question wherever Bronny is I was just gonna say that wherever his kid goes I think that's yeah 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 there's there's the Bronny factor too that's gonna that's gonna play a part in how the next five years look for LeBron like saying uh what's when's LeBron when's Bronny gonna be in the NBA three years from now so like if in three years if Bronny's like if he's a surefire like lottery pick I think LeBron stays in the league for sure to play at the same time as his son even if they're not on the same team somehow but if if Bronny like falls off and like it has no chance of making the NBA or gives up basketball or something, then I think maybe LeBron could be out then, in, in three years. But then does, does then Bronny go like number one or number two, number three, because you know, you, LeBron's coming to your team and that's still like probably an all-star <laughs> level player. No, Imagine like, for if, real. If, he, if he sets it up. So he's like a free agent that same summer that Bronny gets drafted. Yeah. And maybe Bronny, Bronny's like a top, barely like a top 15 prospect but you you draft him number one because you know you're getting lebron holy yeah. shit yeah That's crazy i, I, think, I think it's about. a real and unless there's someone like real top level talent and then you just got to take them because you trust them right he's gonna go like you know five ten spots higher than he should do just because you know you're getting an all-star lebron still and that's financially even that's still worth it man that's well, yeah, i exactly, never thought man. about that fans but, are gonna yeah. to, fans are gonna come yeah, the first game, father son playing together in the NBA history. You, you highest know. rated regular season game in history by far. Yeah, Woo! it would be. It would be, yeah. no doubt. That's a, that's an interesting point. I like that. That's, I like it. that's fun to think about. All, All right, right. All um, right, let's go with. So you're up now, Steve. Yeah, right? we're gonna yeah. go with. Um, his last name is WTR. So Aaron WTR. What is the biggest sleeper team for the 2020-2021 season? In his opinion, he says it's the Brooklyn Nets, but what do you guys think, Brett? Let's start with you. Biggest sleeper team. Mm, that's a good question. Hmm, let me think about that one. I'll say Memphis 
as like a sleeper, maybe not to win the title, but a team that most people probably have on the fringes of the playoffs at best that could be a lot better than people think. Like I said earlier, I have them probably ninth, maybe even 10th if I was doing like power rankings in the West. But maybe I'm being a little unfair to them. I mean, they were really impressive last season. They've just got great chemistry. And who knows what kind of leaps um, John Morant and and Jaron Jackson Jr. are going to take this season. So I'll, I'll say they're kind of a sleeper that, you know, if they ended up in like the fourth or fifth seed at the end of the year, it might be like, huh, maybe I should have seen that coming. Yeah, that that's really annoying because that was I thought there's no way he's going to say Memphis and they were my pick too. Cuz wow. hey. yeah, yeah, but yeah because like yes they had a good run last year to get into the, get into that position. I'd say in 9 times out of 10 or 8 times out of 10 they probably don't have that good a run in Jar's rookie year, but on what world do we not expect Jar Moran, Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr to get better next year? And if, you know, John uh, ja- ja Moran takes a leap, like, like say, like De'Aaron Fox took in his first to second year, he could be an all-star next year. And they right. could, you know, really jump into, yeah, like the fifth seed, the sixth seed, seventh seed. And that would probably shock a lot of people because to a lot of people, they've really fallen out of the playoff picture for next year. So yeah, maybe for no good, maybe for no good reason. I don't, I, you know, like maybe, yeah, they've, I, maybe they've, maybe they should be a play, considered a playoff team. I don't know. And they still have Valanchunas and they, they brought back, D'Anthony Melton, a very important role player for them. And and they drafted uh, Desmond Bain, I believe, or they ended up with Desmond Bain on draft night. So that's a guy that could help them right away. So yeah, they, they're definitely going to be better than they were last year. It's just a question of what's the rest of the West look like. I like Memphis as well you know, for, for reasons that you guys said. Uh, so, All right. Well, there we this go. is the, over, the overstated sleeper. Woo! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, Thomas Hobbs. Oh God, no! That's <laughs> good. His question is uh, the top five NBA bums. So he says he's looking for both bums, as in bad basketball players, and also bums, as in asses. Um, <laughs> that, okay, that's that's oh, quite a question. God. I'm not. I don't think I, it's it's too hard to name five um, bad NBA basketball players. Like you know, because they're all so good. But let me just go with one guy who I think sucks and has absolutely no place in the NBA. He happens to play for the Milwaukee Bucks and his name is Thanasis. 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 Thanasis is trash. I am just sitting here. You know, you know better than, you know better than anybody how bad he is. Chilling. Like what, what is that (laughs) shot right there? He's my number one. He's my number one NBA bum. I think that, I think Thanasis is trash. He's not an NBA player. I mean, he he really, really struggles on the court to to do anything um, meaningful. So he's going to be, I'm not going to, I'm not going to name five because you know, they're the greatest players in the world, but Thanasis is one that jumps out to me as like a real bomb and if we're talking about ass like you know it's got to be like a zion kyle lowry is the one that's kind of known for that right (laughs) kyle lowry right he's probably the obvious choice i see all the memes so there i answered it yep there's my number number one for each damn who's who's a bad nba player i can't even recover from that You know he's you know Thanasis is garbage. Positive man. vibes only, Brad. Until he signs the contract, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Thanasis. I think Costas Costas is better than Thanasis. I mean, neither of them are getting eight minutes next year. Uh, yeah, to be honest, yeah. See, I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling. Who is like the big? I don't want to go for like a rookie because that seems a bit like harsh. Who is like a bum? I'm going to go with a really disappointing player rather than just a bum. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go Aaron Gordon. I think his development's really. I think I just don't see much development in his game, and I think there's a lot of potential there. And he just has not done what I expected him to do, and it's been really disappointing to see his his lack of development going forward. For sure. Yeah, I think in terms of like a bummer, I'm just like man, like you're just disappointing me, man. And yeah, I think you you got to go with one of the thick guy. You got to go with a Zion or a <laughs> Lowry or someone like that. It's got to be kind of that kind of stout like six six two fifty guy where the muscle yeah. go, go somewhere. I you know what it's gotta be Kyle Lowry, right? That that's gotta be the guy. Yeah. It, it has I think to be. so. The memes have been around forever. The way he takes charges, it's it's gotta be Kyle Lowry. Um for me, I was actually mine is Bucks related. I was gonna say any white three point shooter that plays for the Bucks. Um <laughs> when JJ Medic <laughs> played for the Bucks, he wasn't as good. We had um Miritich, he, he just fell off a cliff. Yeah, Steve Novak. Any white Kyle Korver this year, 
you know, it would have been Bogdan. I know we all would have been excited, but he would have slumped in Milwaukee, so it's probably a plus for <laughs> guys. You know, no, no, um, you know, no sarcasm there at all. But I was going to say any white three-point shooter that plays for the Bucks, they just, you know, they can't hit anything whenever they play for Milwaukee. And there you go. Right there. That's I'll double down with like Brett. We both just kind of ripped Milwaukee. But you know what? Maybe they have it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I like all right, Jacob, you're up, man. I'm up. Um, this is shout out Sam Joe. Who are the players to watch for rookie of the year? This is a good, solid question. Ooh. All right. I'm just going to go through the like the top 10 real quick here. Okay. I don't think Ant-Man's going to win it. I don't, there's too many shots in Minnesota to, to go around. Like you're too many, too few shots to go around. I should say, I don't think Anthony Edwards is going to win it. I don't think James Wiseman is going to win it. I think LaMelo definitely has a chance. If things pan out well, the opportunity will be there. I think LaMelo has <laughs> got to be in the running, go to four, uh, Patrick Williams. Nope. Um, too raw. Not going to get enough minutes. Number five, we've got a I think a in the running. So I've got LaMelo and a so far, a at six. Nope. Killian Hayes at seven. Nope. Uh, eight is Obi Toppin, definitely in the running. Then we've got nine was Denny Avdia. I'm going to say no on that one. And then 10 was Jalen Smith. Nope. And then you get into Vassell. Nope. And then the other guy I like for it is, is Halliburton. Dude, at, Wisconsin's at, at, the baby. Kings. And then, and then, and then if we want to round it out to a, to a top five, I'm going to put my guy Cole Anthony in there as well. I think he's really going to surprise some people and has the mentality where he could just come out and, really have a good season so that in in no particular order just going down the draft order i'm going to say lamello isaac okoro obi toppin tyrese halliburton cole anthony that would be my top five rookie of the year contenders so i'm currently looking on a betting website right now so lamello ball is the clear favorite at plus 400 anthony edward is plus 450 wiseman is plus 500 and obi toppin is plus 600 I am going to go with LaMelo Ball simply because I think he's going to get a lot of minutes, and I think he's going to, you know, the way Charlotte is set up, I think he's going to be the guy there. So that's, yeah. you know, I, I think in Rookie of the Year, unless you, you, you're going to impact your, your team winning that much, I think it's all about who gets the most opportunities. So that's, that's who I am Oof. going with. I th- I think I I immediately gravitated towards Lamelo Ball too because, you know, there's the top three. He's probably going to the situation with the least – on-ball offensive talent so you assume he has the ball in his hands a lot you know maybe he gets eight assists 15 points say in his first year it doesn't matter how efficient it is it looks good on paper he gets it I think my number one is going to be Cole Anthony Ooh, just because because I think he's going to six thousand I think he's going to beat out Markel Fultz for the starting job quite quickly because of his more dangerous offensive skill set and then I think he's just gonna have the ball in his hands and there are there are some talented players around him in Orlando, and I think he could just really pop there, like as just wow. you know, I I I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if first year he gets like eighteen points a game or something like that. Ooh. If he gets the if he gets the minutes, I think he could probably meet that level of production. But yeah, it's just gonna. I feel like it's gonna be a little bit of a timeshare with him and Fultz. I think they'll play together a lot as well, and then we'll see what happens with Fournier. I think he's a prime prime trade candidate uh, i would have liked to have seen the bucks actually go after him as like a plan b to bogdan they're basically the same dude but um if they trade him then yeah there's going to be a lot of opportunity for cole but cole's definitely in my top five i like the Lamelo pick anthony edwards i think has the right mentality and, is, and could score at a level to get rookie of the year but i just think on minnesota when you've already got towns and then you've got malik beasley and you've got d and all these other guys these wings like culver like i don't know if he's going to get enough shots and i think he might be a little inefficient at yeah. like you know maybe 17 points a game but we'll see that's that's a good one um like uh my turn so, I'm so yeah you're I'm up so man. for tyrese halliburton though man that's 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 oshkosh's finest right there um, oh he's gonna have a good season yeah he's gonna be nice well this is from um the the village idiot in our group um you might know him his name is Derek michael um not a boss <laughs> oh, not a boston Celtics fan <laughs> not a true oh. fan <laughs> I'm just kidding, Derek. Shout out to Derek. We know you know we love you. Um, he he asked a really good question. I thought, um, which young player is a better? Well, he can't spell, so clearly he's from Boston. Which young player is better to build around, Devin Booker or Jason Tatum? Brett, you are the resident Boston fan. Why don't you Why don't you start us off there? Well, honestly, it's a fair question. 
It really is. It is. Both, it guys is. Are, it is. both guys are both guys are elite players. They're they're roughly the same age. Uh, I'm going to go with Tatum though because of his defensive ability, his length. He's a little younger. Um, maybe a, I don't Jason know. I, I don't want to say you don't say. <laughs> Not by much though. Booker's 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 still pretty young, but yeah, I'm going to go with Tatum. I mean, he's he can guard more positions. He can play more positions. I think on offense, and I just think his ceiling is a little bit higher. Like I could see Tatum winning an MVP, like getting to become an MVP level player in the, even in the next few years. I don't think Booker's ever going to be an MVP level player. So I'm going to go with Tatum for those reasons. Yeah, I would. I have to, as much as I think Booker is kind of more the player, you know, if I was starting a team, I would build my offense around Booker. But I think you could build a championship team in the future where Tatum is your best player. Like you say, I think a lot of the skills he has, his best skills, like his shooting, his athleticism on defense, his length, his just ability and his awareness on defense. I think that fits better around better and better teams. And yeah, I think he gives you more options in who the other players are. Like if you take Devin Booker, you really need a defensive guard with him and a defensive wing. With Tatum, you can take a kind of more score-first guard. You can take a playmaker. You can take these different guys you know, a big man in the paint. You can there's there's lots of options with Tatum that I don't think are there with Booker just because of the defense and the off ball versatility. I think it's Jason Tatum. I think he impacts winning more. And I like his two way the way he can defend, the way he can score. And we saw Boston last year. As soon as Jason Tatum started to take off, we saw Boston take off as well. And and Boston's gonna go as far as Tatum takes them. So for me it's Jason Tatum. Yeah, I, I would I would think most people would probably say that. Maybe we put a poll up in the group about that one. I'd be curious to see what people think, how many people think would rather have Booker. I mean, Booker's awesome, so and he can do some things that Tatum can't do. So uh so I'm up now. Let's go with Leonard Matthews here. He says, Do you, he's talking about the Spurs? Do you think having DeJounte, Derek, Keldon, and Lonnie in the backcourt is sustainable? And if not, whom of those four would you trade? Um, what do you guys think about the Spurs backcourt? Because yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys. I don't know if I'd call Keldon backcourt, but um, but you know he's in the mix. He's a wing, and then you've got Dejounte, Derek, and and Lonnie in in the backcourt, and then they did draft Devin Vassell as well, who's kind of like a two three. So they've got a lot of good young players there, and then of course DeRozan um at the three as well. So they're really crowded. What do you guys think about that? Do they need to make a move? What do you think of those those young guys based on what you've seen? I think they do ultimately need to make a move because like you say they've just taken Vassell I mean they do play Walker and Keldon Johnson a lot of the three but I think well, I think I really want to see if DeJounte Murray develops it back to what because it looked like he was going to be an all defensive guard for years yeah then he got injured for a year and now it's like is he ever going to get back to what he was when he was 21 but but then I don't think Derek White really has that kind of star upside I think most people agree with that. Lonnie Walker might do, but we haven't really seen enough of him. And Keldon Johnson as well, we haven't seen nearly enough of him. Same with Devin Vassell. So there's a lot of question marks on this roster, and the only one who's really shown anything, DeJounte Murray, is the one who's really most injured, the one who we don't know if he's ever going to get back to the level he showed. So I'm really not sure. I think there is going to be some shuffling with the San Antonio roster going forward i think they just need to tank see who they get in the lottery next year and build from there wow i, I want to see Dejounte murray play i I'm, he was supposed to be the next big thing before he got hurt i, I want to see what this kid's all about i want to see if he can do it for a full season and i also i agree i i think the spurs are going to make a trade here uh you have demar DeRozan; he's on a player option so he's an expiring contract next year you also have the lamarcus aldridge factor uh you know his, his contract, I think, goes beyond next year, but I know there were rumors about him possibly going to Golden State for the number two pick. So I, I do think San Antonio is going to make a move. What that move is, I have no idea. But I, I do think something is coming. Yeah, I, I do too. And I think trading DeRozan is a no-brainer for them. You know, get something for the guy, you know, because you're going to lose him for nothing. He's not part of your long-term plans. Like, you know, so, so I, I, I'm I'm almost certain they'll trade him at some point this season. Uh, and then LaMarcus, like he, at least he's not holding back the young guys because most of their young promising players are like ones, twos and threes. And DeRozan is really just standing in their way. So get what you can for him. And 
I'll, I'll use this opportunity to talk about Lonnie Walker because he's my favorite. Your boy, one of my, he's my favorite boy. Spur and one of my favorite young players in the league. He's still only 21. Um, that's the thing with DeJounte too is like he's young, but he's like 24, probably almost 25. I mean, he was drafted in 2016, so he's going into like his fifth season. So he's not super young. This is a big year for him. And like you guys said, like let's see what he can do. But I think Lonnie's going to have a big breakout this season. I think he's the best of that bunch. I really do. Out of all those guys, I like him better than Derek White. I like him better than DeJounte. I like him better than Keldon. So I like him better than Vassell. And I think he's going to win a starting spot, especially uh, if and when DeRozan gets traded, probably at the small forward. Even though he's only 6'4", he's really strong and has like a 6'10", 6'11", wingspan. Uh, He has no problem uh, defending small forwards. So, yeah, I think Lonnie's going to have a big year. And I I think he's going to win most improved player. I really do because this is his third season, right? And he hasn't done anything so far. Like statistically, if you just look at – I think he might have averaged six points a game last season – He's a guy I could see jumping to like 17 points a game and and winning the MIP. He's absolutely in my top five for most improved. And I think aside from the obvious guys, he's probably my dark horse. So I think they should make him a priority. Yeah, clear out DeRozan. I, I wouldn't be sad to see Derek White go if I'm a Spurs fan. I know Spurs fans love him, but um, I'm, I'm just still not sold on him for whatever reason. He shot it really well in the bubble, but up until that point, his shot wasn't great. I know Popovich loves him. But uh, I'm not sold on him. So if I had to pick two guys to go, it would be it would be DeRozan and and Derek White. It's good they got rid of Bryn Forbes. I don't know what team got stuck with that guy. Oh, um, another <laughs> shot, <laughs> <Body orange>. <laughs> <laughs> And then they, and, and then uh, and then Bellinelli's going back to Italy. Um, thank God. So there's a little bit of space has been cleared, but it's still so clogged. I don't know how they got so many damn two guards. But watch out for Lonnie, though. Lonnie's a beast, though. Lonnie's a beast, and I think this is going to be a breakout year for him. He's he's a prime breakout candidate, in my opinion. Steve, you recovered yet from that show? Just killing me, man. <laughs> Just killing me with the buck slander. Okay. I was going to use him on that other question too, but I went with Thanasis instead. So. Oh, yeah, jeez, you, you know, just hit me twice. <laughs> Brent Forge is a great, a great shooter, but he can't do shit else. Yeah, yeah, great, great. Great. All right, Jacob, you're, you're up, brother. Um, right. So this is from, um, hope I get this right, uh, Donald Wisniewski. And this Wisniewski. is. Wisniewski. Yeah, Wisniewski. Uh, Polish. It it's Wisniewski? Polish, Jacob. It's Polish, Jacob. Polish. I think, I think the W is pronounced with a V. I'm not sure, though. But, yeah, my, um, cousin, my cousin's name was Wisniewski. That's how I know it. It's spelled the Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. You got insider information there. Well, I don't know Donald, <laughs> but I know that that's my cousin's <laughs> Well, well, Donald's question is: Is the West currently the deepest the conference has ever been team wise? And if not, when was? Ooh, so, uh, I was actually going to ask that question. That's a good question. Yeah, that's like a really that good question. I don't think it's the deepest it's ever been. It is pretty damn deep because we're going to have a good team missing the playoffs. Man, I'd have to look at it, but the one that comes to mind, I could be wrong about this. I believe it was the 2013-14 season when Phoenix won like 48 games and missed the playoffs. I think it was I think it was Jeff Hornacek was the the head coach and they had um they had Bledsoe and Dragic. Yeah, they did. Um, I think Gerald Green had a really nice year for them that year, but they won 48 games and missed the playoffs. It was either 48 or 47 or 48, but I'm going to say that year. If you've got if your ninth seed won 48 games like that's pretty. That's pretty freaking deep. I'm sure there's been some other ones, but that's what comes to mind for me first. But th- it is deep now, though, and that's that's a great question. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Steve? Because I do have some. Uh, I do have some a tidbit of information on this. Well, at, at first, I I didn't know if he was trying to compare the East to the West, but I mean, kind of just going by what Brett's response was, it, it it's deep. I mean, I, I mean, you know, you look at the the teams. That made the playoffs last year, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Rockets, the Thunder, the Jazz, Dallas, and Portland. You know, as of right now, again, we don't know what's going to happen with Houston, with Westbrook, and, and Harden. All those eight teams, you know, you expect them to come back and make the playoffs, and then you throw in Golden State. They're coming back with Steph and Traymon, and they also have Wiseman and Oubre and Wiggins. You throw in Memphis, they're going to be tough again. Phoenix, we all expect. I mean, we expect them to be better, top five top five team maybe it is it is loaded you also have the pelicans in there i don't think minnesota and san antonio are going to do too much along with sacramento 
But yeah, it, it is loaded. I mean, would we be surprised if any of those teams that I just mentioned made the playoffs or didn't make the playoffs? I think, you know, it's, 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 it's mm-hmm. stacked, man. It, it is, it is really, really stacked. And when you have the East, I mean, you, I think you have the top seven teams in the East and then it just falls off a cliff after that. But I mean, yeah, dude, the West is, they're loaded, man. They're really, really loaded. Yeah. Yeah, they are. This year is pretty, pretty wild. But um, one tidbit I have, because you guys know I have this um, database of every team going back to 1955, all their plus minus data. And I also have like who made the playoffs, who didn't. And of the top three teams, the best teams to never make the playoffs, two of them were the Minnesota Timberwolves and Phoenix Suns in 2014. And the two of the three best teams to never make the playoffs were in the same conference in the same year. And that's how wildly good the 2014 Western Conference was. Like of the top 10 teams that year, only Miami Heat were from the East. So the ninth best team in the West was good enough to be the second seed in the Eastern Conference. That's how how wildly good the West was in 2014. (laughs) that's so nuts yeah so nuts so i I, yeah i think you nailed it brett i think that's the best year in terms of depth of conference yeah poor jeff mornisek poor jeff mornisek that that (laughs) team that team played really hard too they were a fun team (laughs) all right so let's let's each do one more question here i really wanted to ask michael lavery's question which NBA player would you most likely hire as a babysitter but uh that's that's kind of funny but i wanted to this one is pretty, pretty good, judging by, you know, a certain superstar here that is about to sign this. From Mark Ealing. I hope I said that last name right. Mark Ealing. I feel the Supermax is actually a negative. When you use that much money on one player, it limits your ability to build around them. Discuss. That is a very, very interesting question. So which one of you boys wants to answer that one first? Um, that is a solid question right there. I yeah, just saw that's, that. Yeah. That's a really good question. Yeah, because there's there's so many layers to it because I see why the Supermax was brought in to you know give hometown teams like Milwaukee and Giannis this year. Sorry, Steve, but it's to you know, give you a competitive advantage yeah, for sure, for in sure. signing him. But then it's like there's so much money and it does hamstring your franchise to now you are paying just one player so much money going to the future it's like yeah how do you build a championship team around him when you assume you're not going to be getting high draft picks you're not going to be you know and if you're in a small market like that you're not going to really be attracting free agents like milwaukee has you know doesn't really attract free agents or these smaller franchises so yeah to a certain extent i do think it does do more harm than it has helped and we've seen guys they'll they'll, they'll just be like yeah i'll sign the supermax and then a year later i'm upset trade me and I've gotten my money already. So, I yeah, I, I think it's probably overall been a net negative for what it's – I don't think it's done what it's tried to do. Yeah, it's kind of had mixed results, I guess. Um, I mean, like if you have one of those super max guys, like you're going to have a higher ceiling as a team. But I think it just gives you sort of less room for error, you know, where like you've got to be really careful, really selective, really calculated in how you build a team – around one of those guys you can't just sort of cobble it together so it's tricky it's like a good thing and a bad thing but it just puts the pressure i think on on the front office to to put the right pieces around that guy because you can't just you know put three other superstars around him or something like um so that that is a great question that's one i'd like to actually think about some more like actually look at you know how those teams have fared um, well, you have and, and, here. Like, well, here you have a lot of players. It seems like they they're not signing it. You had Kevin Durant not sign it. You had Anthony Davis not sign it. But you also have, I think it's working okay for Portland. Dame signed it. I mean, up until what a couple weeks ago, it was working okay for Houston with Harden. You had mm-hmm. John Wall. He hasn't even played a game for them yet under this <laughs> under this contract. So you would say it's a it's a negative for them. I mean, those are the players off the top of my head that I can think of that actually signed it. Like Kawhi didn't want to sign it. It's 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 weird, man. The players that 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 don't sign it that you would think would sign it. It's weird. And and like you said, Jacob, I think you nailed it on the head. And that's why I am a hundred percent confident that Giannis. I think you know there's there's something that they're doing on Monday night. I think I think he's going to sign it on Monday night because, or he's going to sign it now. Get his money now. It's all guaranteed. And then. 
if he's unhappy in two years, he can always ask for a trade and he's going to get traded to where he wants to go anyways. So I, I think, you know, I think Anthony Davis kind of started this thing and you see it, especially kind of demanding a trade with, with money left on his con or years left on his contract. We see James Harden doing it right now. We see Russell Westbrook has already done it. I, I think we're going to see a lot more players kind of, you know, secure the bag, so to speak, as the kids say, and then demand a trade after a year or two later. That's why we heard those Devin Booker rumors, obviously, with uh, with Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. I, I think that's going to kind of become the norm here. Really good question. Really, really yeah. good. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I, yeah, that, that's a really, really thought-provoking question. Oh, let's see here. All right, I want to give Michael Chapman a shout-out, but I'm not going to answer his question because he's talking about the Clippers' 13 titles. <laughs> you know, all that shit. I'm not even going to I'm not even gonna dignify that that Clippers' uh, 13 titles talk with a response here. Go give him them banners, Brett. You got to give it to him. <laughs> all right, um, let's see here. But shout-out to Michael, though. And then oh, there's a couple good ones here. How about... Oh, this is a good one. Um, I'm probably going to get this name wrong too. Michael Schmidick. Sorry, man, if I screwed that last name up. Which coach GM pairing is currently the best in the league? That's kind of a fun one. I think Um, you you start off with Pop and RC, right? I mean, you kind of have to, right? They're definitely near the top. They got to be. They got to be up there. That's a good question. Yeah, I think they got to be up there for what they accomplished. But Miami, Spolstra, and Riley, maybe. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. that's a that's a that's, that's a good one too. Best one. I mean, you got Kerr and Myers. Like they've been doing some work this off season. I uh, yeah, Ooh, I good one. Yeah, it's there. There are some good ones. There really are some some good ones. Uh, Bud and Horse. Yeah, stop it! Come <laughs> on, man. This that's enough. 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 Stop with them. We are about know, um, guys. We suck. We have a GM that doesn't understand the salary cap. We got it. <laughs> we got it. We know. Uh, oh, D'Antoni and D'Antoni and Maury was a pretty damn good one. It's a shame they lost both of them in the same season. Yeah. Um, what about what about uh, Brad and Danny? Uh, that, that's the one. And you, know, really- and you know what? I want to I want to say something. You know, Boston fans, you, you need to chill a little bit with just because we rip on your boy Jacob and I rip on Danny Ainge. He's still a hell of a GM, but do you know they miss every now and then? And his misses, you know, I, I think they've been. They've been noteworthy. That's a, that's all I'll say. About How about um? Let's let's give a little little shout out to uh to Terry Stotts and Neil Olshay. I mean, Ooh, they're probably, I not, like probably not probably not quite top five, but like they're they're kind of like the Blazers. Like they're always in the mix. Like they're good. They're right up there. So. Guys, you see that um, pivot, guys. You see that pivot that Brett just did. He, he reversed <laughs> it from the Celtics and went right to Port. I love it, Brett. I love what it. About, and what about um? Cool. What about Vogel and Palenka? Nah. I mean, nah. Nah, see, man. I mean, I mean, I mean, they've been doing work though. Yeah, man, but LeBron went there because he wanted to go there. He didn't go there for any other reason than he had a house in L.A. And he recruited Anthony Davis. I mean, you could say LeBron and AD. Yeah. I I don't know. By your lack of response, um, I'm going to say that was a bad response. (laughs) I I, I don't know. I don't Like I said, I don't absolutely love their offseason as much as other people, but I think Vogel did a hell of a job with that team, so – um, Palenka, it's you know you could give him as much credit or as little credit as you want. You could look at that a couple different ways, but I think Vogel definitely deserves kind of more credit than he's gotten. But I like the, I mean, I think the San Antonio guys for sure, the Golden State guys for sure, Kerr and Bob Myers, they might have to be number one. And then I think I still think Brad and Danny are in the mix, and and Riley and Spo, and I think we got a pretty good top five there. Um, yeah, the New York Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! All right, Jacob. Why don't you Why don't you do the last question for us, brother? All right, round it out with I like this one, and I think it hits on an interesting topic. I'm sorry if I get the name wrong, but Mikey Lagme, and it's which current leading star can't be the best player on a championship team? Oh God! If you got oh God, here we go. (laughs) I'm not going to say him. I'm not going to. I have I have one in mind, but I'm not going to say the one. Say the question again, Jacob. What's the question again? So, which current leading star can't be the best player on a championship team? So, I'm I'm guessing like you know top ten player, something like that. You know, top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like this one. Ooh, 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 ooh. That's tough. That's tough. Do you want to hear right. my answer before yeah. you? Yeah, you yeah, yeah. My answer is Damian Lillard. Oh, I don't, 
No way. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, I'm not going to stand for that disrespect. Hell no. It's bullshit. I don't, <laughs> I don't think a championship team can have him as their very best player. I don't, and I, I think the the answer is a bit broader than we like to give it credit for because we like to say like, you know, a championship team. We we are. It's like you you you're not one until you prove it. Like you know, Harden isn't the best player on a championship team until he does it. When in reality, in like 2018, he was the best player on a championship team. They just got knocked out in seven games to one of the greatest teams ever. Like he was, he is good enough at his best. I don't think Dame at his very best is good enough to be the number one player on a I'm talking offense and defense. I don't think he's good enough. Hard disagree, mm. Brad. I got you. Hard disagree, Brad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hard disagree on that one. Hard for sure. disagree. <laughs> how about um all right, here, this is kind of an odd an odd choice considering they made the finals last year, but I'm gonna go with Jimmy Butler. I, I, oh, I you know Brad. That, he can't what? be the best. He can't Top be the best right there. <laughs> That's why I brought. That's, that's why right. I named him because because the group. Brother admitted it. He admitted it. No, no. The, <laughs> the group voted him a top ten player on our on our list. They put him at number ten. Um. So yeah. So okay. If we're going by that, then he's you know no he cannot be the best player on a championship team. He'd be a hell of a second best player on a championship team. Wow. And maybe like you know maybe Bam will will be better than him, you know, in the next playoffs. And then that would change things for them. But he, he's a great number two guy. But if people are thinking he's a top 10 player, um, he's definitely the one out of that top 10 that stands out as the guy who couldn't be the best player on a championship team. He's just not quite at that level. But he had a great run last year, and so did Miami. But um, I think one of the reasons they fell short is that they didn't have more firepower in the finals. As well as he played, he was playing above himself. I mean, he was he went above and beyond. But, um, you know, he's he's not – a superstar in my opinion Damn. that was a good question that was really good i don't know man yeah. I, I don't yeah, i don't man. think dame i understand the logic behind dame i don't Can know we, are you, you're not gonna say Giannis on well i think <laughs> man, but no, i think i think you, you you said it right though you know what i mean like you're until you do it i mean it's basically everybody but what like three you know yeah. i mean i mean anthony davis couldn't win one until he had lebron um mm-hmm. i hate to say it I mean, I, I still think he's he's gonna be you know a, a top top twenty player, but you know, we've yet to see Kevin Durant you know do it. But I mean, you know, I think he with Steph and Clay and that team. I, I don't know. That that's a really really good question. I mean, I don't it's know. Tough, yeah, it's really tough. It's you're really like, tough. Yeah, because you're, you're trying to think, and you're like, right? Do I think like Jokic? Do I think Jokic can be the best player? I think you probably can, but. How are you building that team if it's going to win a championship? Right. With your, like, you need some damn good players around. I mean, you always need damn good players, but you need some really good ones. It's not like LeBron or Kate or Ka- Kawhi or someone where you can have a, you know, Fred Van Vliet can be like your third, fourth best player and you can still win a championship with Kawhi kind of thing. Yeah. And you'd have to like kind of define it a little bit more, right? Like, I mean, are they doing it with not a lot of talent? You know what I mean? Like, is it just them and maybe like, like Giannis would be a good example, right? Is Giannis doing it with Chris Middleton and and Drew Holiday or before him? Like, is it something like that? Like, how are we kind of defining it? That's a really good question. It's a really really can good I, question. Can I do a bonus, a one last bonus question because yeah. it's right, ne- it's right next to it, and it's, it was a kind of a cool one. I, I was, I really wanted to hear what you guys thought. Um, who is the most perfectly or exactly rated star in NBA history? Like, who's a guy that's not underrated and not overrated? like a star throughout NBA history. Like, is there anybody that comes to mind? It's something I've never once thought about. I'm always thinking of guys as either overrated or underrated. Like you never really think about who's just properly rated. And I, you could make an argument for anybody, I think being like properly rated, but like, who, does anyone come to mind? That's just like, it's kind of about right. I can do a current player. I, th- I think it's going to be Clay okay. Thompson. I think Clay Thompson when all is said and done, like he's just going to mm-hmm. be, yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, he's one of the mm-hmm. he's going to be one of the best shooters ever. He's not going to. He's not, you know, Ray Allen like where he could where he could dunk on you or take you off the dribble. He rarely dribbles. I, I think I think Clay is going to be when all is said and done, he'll be like properly rated. See, I I think it depends on your personal preference. Preference couldn't speak them for a second, but like the only one I can really think of where I feel quite confident is like Michael Jordan. Oh, it's like. You know what I mean? Like properly rated, like, you know, he's pretty universally agree as the best player ever. Like I personally, 
don't have him as the best player ever. We but know, I don't, Jacob. We I don't know. disagree. We if know. someone says he is, I'm like, yeah, fine. Right, right, right. You know, so like, I think he might be the only one. Because then I think guys like Tim Duncan, but I see some people, you know, overrate him, underrate him. Bill Russell, overrate him and underrate him. LeBron, not even top 20 player. Like, <laughs> no, no one says Jordan is any less than like number three all time. So I don't think, I think he's probably the only one for me. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad you said MJ, man. That's <laughs> that's a good one. I, I you know who I, I always feel like KG is like right about where he belongs. I think it evens out to where he's like most people probably have him around, you know, somewhere between like 15 and 20, which I think is like a really fair range for KG. Now, I think relative to other players, maybe he gets a little, maybe other players get overrated when we're comparing them. Like, I don't think Duncan was that much better than KG, but like, like as a basketball player. But if you look at the career, the player that he was and kind of everything together and where most people have him ranked, like Jacob, where do you have him on your ladder? Do you know off the top of your head? Is I, he like- I can tell him he's 17th. See, right ladder. there. And I think, I think most people probably have him in that range too. And I know your ladder is objective, but it tries, but, uh, I, I, I do actually have a kind of where I combined the top 50 we did in the group last in the ringer, the ESPN top 74, my ladder and thinking basketballs. And he averages out to 16 and a quarter. See, and that's, I guess that's what I mean is like, he's just really consistently in that range. And as a big KG fan, I'm, I'm totally fine with him in that range. I think that's fair. So uh, he'll be, he'll be my answer for that one. That's kind of a tough one, but interesting to think about. Yeah, that was it's, tough. It's yeah. This was fun, dudes. Hey, this is pretty fun. Yeah. yeah, we we unfortunately we didn't get to all of them. I think we have at least you know ten or so that we didn't oh, get yeah. to. Maybe maybe we'll do a bonus episode or something if we get a few more. Some of these ones that came in more recently or the ones that we we missed. But um, but yeah, we yeah, got was- we got a pretty good chunk of them done. So and that yeah, that was a lot of fun. We'll definitely have to do that. I again. always I always yeah. enjoy the mailbag questions. They're 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 definitely a lot of fun. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! All right, well, boys, this was fun, man. You know, I'm sure we're gonna we'll, we'll talk to each other in the week. And Jacob, you're you're out of jail now. You haven't been Zuckerberg. You're back. <laughs> you're back. So we can't troll you anymore. So that that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it personally. But I know I know it was torture for you. You destroyed my reputation. I don't know. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> All right, everybody, you could. Uh, you can find us on, on Facebook, the Overstated NBA group. Come on, join the discussion. As I said, we got a pretty good basketball community. We have a lot of fun. NBA is coming back here in a couple of weeks. We're all really excited about it. And you can uh, subscribe to this podcast where wherever you can, Spotify, Apple, the usual. And like I said to you at the top of this, please like, subscribe, review. It really, really means a lot for us. So for myself, Brett, and Jacob, peace. Thank you.